Amen, amen. Hey, can we give God another uh, just clap offering right now? Can we give him praise? Thank you, amen, hallelujah. Also, can you give thanks to uh, Wes and Jeremy and Elle for leading us in worship? Thank you, guys. Amen. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? You doing all right, Everlast? We're doing good? We're here? Amen. Uh, well, hey, my name's Kev. I'm the young adult pastor here. I'm at Calvary Worship Center, and Everlast is our young adult ministry. And uh, let me just say, we are seriously so glad that you're here. And um, if you're new, please uh, head to the Life Center after this, and we have um, a gift for you. Head there after we wrap up tonight. We have a gift for you just to say thanks for coming tonight. And then uh, also, let me say, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, please, we'd love to meet you. Um, just afterwards, when we finish it, wrap up tonight, please come down here. We'd love to meet you afterwards. And um, as what, that also goes for, our, um, for my wife, who has, happens to be our young adult coordinator. Her name's Tina. Uh, she would love to meet you, as well as our Everlast leadership team and our volunteer team. Yeah, we just want to, we, yeah, we'd love to meet you. Uh, so please come find us. Tonight we continue our series, as you can tell by uh, the bumper video and what Tina shared earlier, Table Talk. Um, it's been great. Has it been awesome so far? It's been such a sweet series. Amen. Um, so what we're doing is we're simply talking through different various topics and questions and ultimately seeing what the Word of God has to say in it. Um, our first week, uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Al Pittman, our senior pastor here at Calvary Worship Center, he answered the age-old question, how could a good God allow bad things to happen? Such an amazing night uh, when he preached. Then in our second week, uh, last week, our executive pastor, uh, Pastor Mark Bofill, he's actually the overseeing pastor of this ministry over my wife and I, he taught on the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's been such an awesome series so far, and if you weren't here for the past couple of weeks, you can simply head to our podcast and uh, listen to these past two sermons, and all of our other sermons for that matter. You can just simply search Everlast Young Adult Ministry on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, all that kind of good stuff. Um, or you can head to our Instagram page, I think it's Everlast YA, yeah, Everlast YA, Everlast Young Adults that is, uh, and click the link in our description, it'll send you to those podcast areas. Uh, so, also... Wanted to share this again. I'm serious, y'all. Next week is going to be so, so good. Please come and bring a friend. I would love for all these seats to be filled next week and some. Because, listen, our pastors, our leadership pastor, uh, uh, our whole pastoral staff, um, Pastor Al, uh, Pastor Mark, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Shay, all the questions that you've been submitting. They're going to be answering those questions, and it's going to be a panel discussion, y'all. It's going to be so good. We're going to be answering some other questions as well. It's going to be so awesome. Uh, so please, please, please come and bring a friend. You do not want to miss it. Amen. Can I get an amen to that? There we go. Uh, and so like I mentioned, the past couple weeks, we've been, you know, we've been receiving questions that you've submitted. And y'all, these questions are fantastic questions. They've been so awesome. Um, you know, the, there's questions that are in there that y'all have sent in that are in, in regard to the word. You know, like, what does the Bible have to say about blank uh, type of questions? You know, there's been questions like, is it okay to have tattoos? Uh, can women teach in the church? That's another question that's been. What's right, Calvinism or Arminianism? You know, what does the scripture mean when it says this type of, you know, those type of questions? Questions about our culture today, etc. Y'all, there's been so many great questions. So you don't want to miss it. Come next week. Again, all the questions that y'all have submitted, both on Instagram and, um, and uh, you know, we had a, a little booth last week. You can write down your questions. 
they've been great questions. Like, seriously, they've been, and we're so stoked next week to answer those questions. But listen, the truth of the matter is, is we all, I feel like we all, myself included, we all can get caught up on things that maybe shouldn't have as much of our attention as they do. So it was in preparing for this sermon tonight that I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to kind of flip it on its head. And, and what, what I mean by it is he's, he, he was leading me in a direction for our third week in this series of Table Talk. And he, this, so tonight, we're going to answer the questions that didn't get asked tonight. Questions like these. How do I become a better giver? How do I become more generous? Um, what, does it, what does it mean to rest in the Lord? Um, and lastly, how can I encourage people more? So it's questions like these we're going to answer. So with that being said, tonight is going to be, tonight y'all is going to be a little more conversational in nature. Uh, so yeah, as if you and I are sitting across the dinner table, table talk, pun intended. So uh, with that, can I pray for us one more time before we open the word of God and, and continue in our night? Let's pray real quick together. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you, God, for loving us and supplying us the grace to live each day. Thank you for what you're doing in our young adult ministry here at Calvary Worship Center, God. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing in, in the church as a whole. <laughs> I think this past weekend, what, like, there was like close to 15 people that got saved. I mean, God, you're just working so mightily. Thank you. You are in the business of forgiveness. Thank you, God. God, I, I just pray that as we continue in worship through your word, that you'd speak to us tonight. Help us. My wife prayed it earlier, and I'm going to pray it again, God, that you would help us to surrender all of our thoughts and affections to you. And now, I just encourage you to pray for your own heart. Just pray this simple prayer. God, speak to me tonight. Now I just encourage you to pray for those on your left and right. Pray this. Say, God, would you speak to them tonight? And now I just kindly ask that you please pray for me, that God would use me to make things um, clear and helpful tonight. Well, Father, we love you, and we ask that you'd speak to us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, most of you know uh, that I used to be in a band, and we used to tour um, for many different years, um, different years, that was a weird way to put it, for many years, <laughs> and had uh, wonderful opportunities to lead worship for many different places, I'll put it that way, and for many different people. Um, yeah, we were sharing the good news of Jesus. There was this one student camp we led at. It was like 10 years ago. It was, at, um, it was in Jackson, Tennessee. It was Union University. Really awesome camp. Such a sweet time. And uh, I would just, I'll just tell you all this. The cliche stigmas are true. They're true. Most, if not all bands, eat nothing but fast food while on the road. Woo 
is right. Thank you, bro. And being, um, a, being a band full of dudes, you know, our, our band van had a lot of crazy smells after we ate the fast food, TMI. All that to say, I remember, um, I remember uh, it, like it was yesterday, we had just packed up our trailer full of gear, and we were saying our goodbyes to the camp staff and, um, and all the churches that were involved that week, and uh, the youth pastors and all the students and all this kind of stuff, and uh, we packed it, we popped in the van, packed our trailer up. Hopped in the uh, 15 pasture van, and you know we were headed to uh, nearby Wendy's for lunch. And what I can appreciate about Wendy's is that you know they actually have salads and healthier options. Did we order those healthier options? Absolutely not. Amen. I heard that, bro. Amen. We did not. But it was y'all check it out. It was while waiting in line um, that I noticed this mom and her three kids in front of me. Um, like you know, there's the kind of it's interesting at Wendy's, they had the switchback, you know, and it's such a small one. It's like as if they're preparing for like a really long line. But <laughs> I don't know, I always thought that's interesting. It's like, it's like, I'm okay, here we go. And I am ready to order. You know, it's like, um, so we were, we were there, but I noticed this sweet, this sweet mom in front of me. Um, her back was, was faced towards me. She was at the, you know, the, the, the counter ordering. And she had these sweet little kids next to her, her kids. Um, um, and, uh, you know, not at all judging a book by the cover, Everlast, but um, I just simply noticed that this mom and her kids, you know, they maybe didn't have much. Um, their shoes and their clothes are, you know, pretty tattered up and whatnot. And um, what I loved about these kids is that they were so sweet and obedient to their mom. They were just standing here um, by, by her side, and they each told their mom what they would like to eat. And um, the mom ordered all of their requests and then followed up, obviously, with her order. Um, the Wendy's employee, who actually happened to be, uh, who happened to be the manager of the store uh, or the restaurant, um, he read back their order along with the total of their order, which honestly wasn't, wasn't much. Um, the mom then asked the manager if they take checks in payment, in which he replied that they do. And, you know, the band were kind of right here talking amongst themselves, and I was just right here present, just kind of listening. And, you know, she was a couple steps ahead of me right here ordering, and I, I could hear it. Um, and, y'all, I just, man, I felt the Holy Spirit so strongly in this moment prompt me to just simply pay for their lunch. She had no idea, nor the manager, that I was eavesdropping the entire conversation, um, with her back obviously faced towards me, right, um, I waved at the manager, you know, I kind of waved him down, and um, I, uh, uh, I, I, I slipped um, my uh, credit card to him. Um, and, uh, you know, I put my, after that, I put my fingers on my lips, like, you know, like, don't tell her, because she was looking down, getting her checkbook out, and I slipped it to him, and, um, you know, that's kind of the national sign of like, you know, don't tell, right? Um, and uh, he then quickly slapped it. You know, he gave it back to me and told the mother to save the check. Don't write the check um, that her family's meal has been paid for. And she looked up like so. She looked up confused and she said, wait, what? How? Who? Who? And the manager proceeded to point the finger at me. <laughs> and he clearly didn't understand my finger. <laughs> the don't say anything, bro. 
uh, and he told on me. Um, anyways, this sweet mama, man, turned around, just tears flowing, tears coming down her face. She said, thank you. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much this means to me. I told her that she's very welcome and that, I, uh, and that I love and serve a God who gave me everything. He gave me a son, Jesus Christ. And, this, and that same God, I looked her right in the eyes, I said, that same God loves you so much. And he's got you. And we, you know, we ordered our food and then we, you know, we hit the road. So why, why, sh why share this little brief story? Well, I think that it will help answer, honestly, the first question that we're going to be answering tonight that didn't get asked during the Table Talk series. That question is this, how do I become a better giver? How do, we, how do I become more generous? Now, Everlast, in sharing this story, here's what I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the biggest giver. I'm not saying I'm, I'm like always living in a generous way. No, at times, y'all, I can be the most selfish punk in the room. And I have definitely not arrived. But in sharing the story that I just shared, I, I will say that by God's grace, I have continued to grow more and more in this area of giving and being generous. Allow me to be, allow me to be explained. <laughs> allow me to explain. Giving, being generous. Or let's go ahead and put them both together. Generously giving. All right, generous, can we say that together? Generously giving. Generously giving is something that I believe directly, man, directly reflects the heart of God. And, y'all, it has a profound impact on people. Profound. Let's read a verse that, I, that, that I, 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 I'm assuming that we all know. Cool? On the screen. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave his only son. You know, unfortunately, since we, quote, unquote, know this verse already, um, you know, we've heard it. Hundreds of times, we've read it, I'm sure, I'm sure maybe dozens of times. We can, I feel like we can um, too easily gloss over the massive importance on one of the uh, pillars of, I would say, God's heart and his character. Y'all, he gave. Our God is a giver. Not only he gave us his son so that we would have salvation, mind-blowing, um, but he's given us his spirit so that we would be guided and led in the way of everlasting. He not only provides and gives us physical needs, but generously gives us grace. And he gives us generously forgiveness. He gives us generously wisdom. He gives us generous, generously knowledge. He gives us generously hope and joy. And the list goes on and on and on. Way more than the Energizer, energizer Bunny. Like just like, and on and on and on. Our God is a giver. So, how do I become a, 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 a better giver and be more generous? Well, let's look to God for our first example. And practically speaking, um, let me just say this. What's awesome is that giving, um, y'all, there's many different ways to give. Many different ways. Let's start with the most obvious, meeting physical needs. Jesus, y'all, Jesus did this all the, all the time. All the time. Like he oozed it. 
He would literally meet a physical need, and then what would he do? He'd share the gospel. Um, he would listen to people. He would feed people, a lot of people. Um, uh, he would heal people, and then he would share the greatest news ever, that Christ came to save sinners. It, it wasn't like one or the other. It was a both end. And here's the thing, though. In order to meet needs, what has to be spent? Answer, money, right? So I'm not going to spend much time on this tonight, but I'll, I'll just briefly say this, cool? We are not to worship money, but rather worship God with our money. Paul said it best when he counseled Timothy in his first letter to him. He said, check this out, First uh, Timothy um, chapter 6, verse 10, yeah. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. Um, it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I also love what John said in 1 John 3, 16 through 18. I love this passage, this few verses. Listen, yeah, it's on the screen, sweet. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Verse 17, but if anyone has the world's goods, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him? How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Y'all heard it once, right? Talk is cheap. So cheap. End of the day, uh, what you have, what you have right now, if you have the Chase Mobile app and you pressed it and you did the face login because you have an iPhone, you should have an iPhone, not a droid. <laughs> Kidding. If you open the Chase app or Bank of America or whatever, and you, right now, what's in your bank account right now? That's the Lord's. The clothes on your back, that hat on your hat, hat, hat on your head. The shoes on your feet, the car you drove here with. All of it, it's the Lord's. I think it's important, especially as young adults, like that the Holy Spirit would help, sh- like, like a paradigm would shift in our mind. It's all the Lord's anyway. Don't ever let money, y'all, have a grip on you. Since it's all the Lord's, well, okay, well, then that frees us up and means that we are to use it in a, in a way that brings Him glory. Something practical to think about, too, real quick, in regards to giving. I've said this at Everlast before. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it anywhere I go. Y'all need to be good tippers. It's, it's, tr- it's very true. Think about it. Especially when you've been given bad service. Especially then. Why? Well, I, I can't think of a more practical way of showing the grace of Jesus. And being bold. Y'all, anytime Tina and I, uh, um, well, we try to at least... Most of the times, you know, when we're out to eat, we simply ask our server how we can pray for them. It's like so easy, you know. Um, and I, I get sometimes, that's, that can be nerve-wracking. I get that. There's still time, uh, still times today where I'm like, get kind of the heebie-jeebies or whatever you want to call it, the, the, the butterflies. You know, it's like, oh, ah. Uh. And, then, and then, you know, in that moment, I'll ask God to give me bold, boldness and I'll ask. I mean, we're asking a question. Hey, how you know, the food's about, we're, the food, just put the food down. They're serving us. I say, hey, we're about to eat, but before we eat, we, uh, me and my wife, we just wanted to ask you, hey, how can we pray for you? Because, you, you see, we believe in Jesus, and we believe he's the one true, the one true God, and he loves you, and, and, uh, and he listens. So is, is there, 
is there anything that we could pray for you for? And almost every time, y'all, the door flings wide open for us to display the love of Jesus. And in fact, there's been multiple times, I can name multiple times, where me and Tina, the food literally has, gets cold. And they, they have sat there. I mean, there's one time we were at a restaurant in Arlington, Texas, and dude, this waitress just was going through it. And it was like the end of her shift, and we said, hey, why don't you have a seat? We didn't even eat our food. Not to say, look at us. No, we were ministering, just loving on her. And, you know, uh, they were, as she or whoever it was, and, and as we've been in these situations, that they pour out their hearts and all that they're walking through. And so, which leads, I feel like, to another massive way to give, and that's your time. That's another huge thing to give, your time. Y'all, time is precious. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure that out. I mean, it's crazy to think about that we started Everlast tonight at 645, and we are all literally older right now. <laughs> You're like, geez, thanks, Kev. <laughs> That's encouraging. Um, wow, thanks. You know, but, but that's not to scare you or discourage you. It's just reality. It's just reality. Like the Bible says, right, life is a what? Vapor? Where we appear, and then we vanish. I recently shared this at our dear sister Brooklyn's memorial service. I mean, it still hits me. It's, fr it's still fresh. I mean, she's like, she's not here. She's literally not here. She's in glory with her Savior. And, and um, I shared this, which, by the way, let me just say this. Talk about a girl who understood God's giving heart and strived to live it out and, and, and live a life that generously gave. I mean, wow. Brother here told me tonight that, you know, Brooklyn had given something to him. And I was like, man, that, what? Wow. She just gave it all. Um, I shared at her memorial service uh, a lyric written by one of my favorite songwriters and actually one of her favorite songwriters, um, John Foreman, the lead singer of Switchfoot. John Foreman wrote this in his lyric. He wrote, life is short, live it well. And I love that. I heard it once said that the best ability is availability. That's something that we talk a lot about to our leadership, our leadership team here at Everlast. We talk about that all the time. The best ability is, is availability. And uh, I totally agree. Something else to briefly mention that, um, is that all of us, y'all, we've been uniquely gifted by God, right? There's so many different gifts and talents in the room. So many right now. And uh, they, can, they can be used as well to give. From music to teaching, from the ability to build things, to cooking, to humor, fun, spiritedness, all of our everlasting, all of our wirings and, and gift sets and, and talents can be used in a mighty way to give and ultimately share the love of Jesus. Something else I want you to know tonight. Y'all listen to this. I think it's on the screen. <laughs> Hold everything God gives you loosely so that you can give it away if he asks you to. Everything. The cash that's in your wallet right now. Or I wouldn't give your credit card away. That's not really a thing. But you know what I'm saying. Um, gosh, honestly, just another quick testimony. One of, the, one of our Everlasties, one of, our, one of the, uh, uh, the girls here that, uh, um, is it Everlast? She's uh, one of the girls' life groups. Um, my wife said something to her and said, actually, no, my wife said, hey, I, I, oh, my, wife, my wife always told her, hey, that." That shirt looks really cool every time she wore the shirt. And my, I think Tina said it a couple times, just like just encouraging her. Like, man, that's a really awesome shirt. 
And then lo and behold, she shows up the next life group and gives her the shirt. And while that's so small, I think that's just so sweet. I really do. Like, is is that in you? Is that in us? That we would do that. We'd be so open-handed with what the Lord is asking us to give. Hold everything God gives you loosely so that if he he asks you to give it away, that you can, you know, give it away if he asks you to. God's heart for you is that your heart is obediently reflecting his giving heart. End of the day, God doesn't look at the quantity of what you give. He looks at the, at the quality from where you give. Second, check it out. This is, I'm just preaching the word. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his what? Heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. That's so awesome. Everlast, in order to give, I also believe that we have to be perceptive. We have to be perceptive. If I'd been worried or too preoccupied with my own needs, I wouldn't have seen this sweet mom and her kids at Wendy's. Honestly, like, and, and it may sound crazy, but back then there wasn't smartphones. I'm just being real. There was any, we didn't have smartphones. There wasn't a thing in that time. I mean, they were, they were starting to come out, but we didn't have them. And honestly, like, it was because I didn't have my smartphone looking down at my screen with that, that Stupid habit that I want to break so badly. I'm sorry to be brash. I'm calling myself that habit for me stupid. I'm not calling you stupid. But I think we can all kind of maybe agree that it is kind of idiotic at times. How many? I mean, there's that like, what in the world? We're so like, man, just constantly, all day. And talk about something that distracts us from being aware of what God's doing. And may we not be worship at the feet of our iPhones and droids like that are you kidding me like may, may we may we break the mold you know maybe we'd be young adults that say no I don't need that that you'd be aware and so all that to say you know I was able to practically be aware of my surroundings at that Wendy's and what the Lord had in store in that moment instead of checking Instagram for the umpteenth time or whatever you know so I pray that as an I say that as an encouragement like that challenge in essence for us Y'all, the Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary defines perception as this, the ability to understand or notice something easily. Love that. The ability to understand or notice something easily. So with true perception comes noticing and understanding. I believe that God is challenging all of us to get our minds off of our own situations and to open our eyes to the people around us and the situations around us that God's allowed us to be in to not just see but to have perception to meet needs. So that we can generously give as he is a generous giver. Again, this is more conversational in nature. Now, we've spent quite a bit of time answering this first unasked question, how do we become a better giver and more generous? The other questions I'm going to zip through pretty quickly. Just two other questions I'm going to zip through pretty quickly, so pay attention. This next question is, what does it mean to rest in the Lord? What does it mean to rest in the Lord? To rest in the Lord is commonly used... It's a common, sorry, to rest in the Lord, that's a commonly used expression in the Bible. But what it, but like, what does it actually mean? If I were to ask, if I had like a little, you know, um, index card and a pen, and I said, hey, write down what, what it means to rest in the Lord. Like, we'd probably get a lot of different answers, right? So, so what does it actually mean? Is the Bible referring to physical rest? Taking a break from certain anxieties, relaxing, kicking back on the beach, lounging? Is that, is that what it's meaning? Those are ways to rest. 
You know, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down. I mean, there's, there's, there's a physical at component, physical aspect and component to this. Um, but that's not ultimately what the Bible is referring to when it says rest in the Lord. The key words there are rest in the Lord. All right, so in fact, the Hebrew word translated as rest means to be at peace, to be still, to be quiet and calm. Also in different Bible translations, instead of the phrase rest in the Lord, other translations like the ESV, NASB, NIV, NLT, etc., they say be still before the Lord. Be silent before the Lord. Surrender yourself before the Lord. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 7, I think is a great example of this. We're about to read it. The idea is that when we rest, we are also, uh, we are also to be at peace. Right? That's, that, that, that proves the fact that you can take a week vacation and come back and still be anxious. You know? Um, so rest that is in the Lord refers to a spiritual rest from confusion, stress, anxiety, worry, doubt, or fear. Check it out. Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I love what pastor and author Chuck Swindoll, from Texas, has to say when it comes to resting in the Lord. I love this quote. I think it's on the screen, right? Yeah, perfect. Praise God. Here we go. Chuck Swindoll. In place of our exhaustion and spiritual fatigue, God will give us rest. All he asks is that we come to him. That we spend a while thinking about him. Meditating on him. Talking to him, listening in silence, occupying ourselves with him, totally and thoroughly lost in the hiding place of his presence. Such a beautiful quote. Um, what, what challenges our rest in the Lord? I think it's a great question. What challenges our rest in the Lord? Well, I would say facing a storm. Storm is reflective upon a hardship, right? Um, I'm walking through a hardship or a tribulation. By the way, as believers, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not granted immunity from life storms. Do y'all know that? Like we're, not, we're not granted immunity, but we, we, we actually have a choice about how we react in those storms. I've said it here before, and I'll say it again. Suffering isn't optional, but worship is. Suffering isn't optional. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Worship is optional. We, we can either respond in panic or choose to rest in the Lord's presence. We can either waste our time worrying or choose to trust in the Lord to take care of us. I'm going to say that again. Some of y'all need to hear that, like right now. We can either, we can waste our time worrying, which that's a massive time waster. It gets nothing done. It gets nothing done. Or we can choose to trust and the Lord to take care of us. Jesus said in Matthew 11, I think some of y'all know this, right? Come to me. Right? Come to me, all of you who are weary and, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. But maybe sitting there, you're thinking, okay, well, cool. So how, how do I rest in the Lord? How do I rest in the Lord? God is lovingly showing us that with him, it's not complicated when it comes to rest. I really feel like we can't overcook the grits here. It's like, man, it's so, why, we make it complicated. And it's not. It's simple. How do you rest? We just read it. You go to Jesus. It sounds simple, right? Well, there's a reason for that. God is lovingly showing us that with him, 
when it comes to rest, it's, 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 it's pretty much a one thing. It's a, st- a one-step thing. You go to, to, to him. Honestly, resting in the Lord could be an entire series, I would say, in and of itself. But to keep it even all the more simple, how we rest in the Lord is to go to him and ultimately trust him. So I would say rest equals trust. I really would. Are you trusting God right now? You know what I believe, Everlast? Say what? I believe that uncles are meant to throw their nephews in the pool. I do. I really, I think that's what I'm, I was made for as an uncle, to throw my nephew as high as I can in the pool. It's amazing. I remember when my nephew, his name's Griffin, was learning how to swim. He learned at a young age, and he totally could swim by himself, but he was still apprehensive about jumping off the edge in my arms. You know that moment? It's like I'm right here, still shallow. You can clearly see my chest. It's like it's not, it's not deep. Come to me, you know. I'll catch you. I would ask him to trust me, and he would be so stoked, yet he would still be scared to jump. You could literally see the tug of war in his face. He's like, you know, he's got the goggles on, and then they're like, they're too, they're too big, and so you have to pull the extra slack, and it's like flapping, you know. And he's like, you know, he's, he wants to so bad, he wants to jump. And, uh, you know, it, it looks awesome, but I don't know, whatever. He's contemplating in his little brain. Then in that moment, in that moment, what does he do? He does. He jumps. He, he, he goes for it. And then what does he immediately realize that his Uncle Kev has done? Caught him. Completely safe. Can't be harmed. He doesn't have to worry. Doesn't have to freak out or stress out. He can rest knowing that I've got him. Nothing's going to mess with him. Now... I would ask, what, what, what did Griffin do? What is, there, what is I, I don't really call him Griffin. I call him Griff. What, what, is, what does Griff do right after that? Right after I caught him. He proceeded, y'all, to jump off the edge in my arms like over and over and over again, asking me, catch me, Uncle Kev, come on, throw me again, throw me higher, throw me further, higher. Y'all, check it out. Griff found rest and trusting. He totally, totally did. I think it's a great analogy. He's totally in complete rest. Didn't worry about a thing, trusting that his Uncle Kev will catch him, right? The same goes with us. How do we rest? We trust the God of the universe with all of our heart, and we don't lean on our own understanding. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, trust is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. I love that. End of the day, it is hard to rest in something that you don't trust, you know? So that it begs the question, have you trusted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior tonight? I sure hope so. Your life depends on it, literally. Um, Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is, and by the way, this isn't just when you first get saved. This is, you know, this is trusting Jesus is a daily choice. Do you find yourself stressed and anxious, Everlast? Do you find yourself restless? The truth of the matter is your heart won't rest until you trust God with whatever you're facing right now. Trust him everlasting. Y'all, he is able. Come on. He's able. We worship a strong and mighty God. Now, let's answer our final question that didn't get asked tonight. Cool. How can I encourage people more? I love this question because I believe it's something that we don't, we don't do enough of and we should. How, we should encourage people more. I think it's a great question. How can I encourage people more? Well, why is it important? Because 
it, it's, it's, it's like in, it's in the word, and it's a big part of God's heart. First, Thess- First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. There's, all, uh, there's also a book called Practicing After- Affirmation. It's by Sam Crabtree. Really great book. Totally encourage you to read it. It's called Practicing Affirmation by Sam Crabtree. And in that book, Sam says this. He says, good affirmations are God-centered, pointing to the image of God in a person. Love that. So encouraging others is not optional, and it should be God-centered. In fact, the Bible, in the Bible, Barnabas was called the son of encouragement. Love that. We are supposed to affirm and encourage one another in Christ. Y'all, words, you know this, words, words are powerful. Scripture says, Proverbs 16, uh, 16 24, uh, gracious words are like honeycomb to the lips, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. The Bible also says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, here is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Y'all, are your words impacting others for the glory of God? It's a great question to ask. Um, Or are they tearing others down? I I believe that this is really important because when we affirm someone, the purpose is to glorify God. Encouraging someone isn't so that they can, you know, in turn encourage you or affirm you. Like, encouraging someone isn't so that they will like you more. Encouraging someone isn't for selfish gain. It's to build the other person up by affirming them in the image of, uh, that they're in the image of God and and to work, uh, you know, in Ultimately, what God is doing, working in their lives. Um, a, a question I would ask then is this. If you are affirming others, what is, what is your heart behind the affirmation? To glorify God or, to, or, or yourself? Affirmation in a, in a God-honoring way. Um, I'm sorry. Affirmation is God-honoring when we affirm in a, a, a no-strings-attached God-honoring way. I think another really important point when it comes to the subject of affirmation is this. Are you more focused on... On being affirmed or affirming others? Sam Crabtree also wrote this. When our mouths are empty of praise for others, it is probably because our hearts are full of love for self. You see, Everlast, it's usually the people that expect affirmation are the very ones who aren't giving affirmation. The more we affirm godly characteristics in others, the more our eyes are off of ourselves and onto Christ, you know, and reflecting Jesus' unconditional love and his encouragement to us. Affirmations are not only important, but, um, but affirming others is also a command. Look, um, another verse we know, Proverbs chapter uh, 31, verse 30. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I've heard that, right? Sometimes we just move past this verse pretty quickly, but this verse, y'all, it's actually a call to action. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, Right? Meaning we should praise and encourage those who fear the Lord. We should encourage them with a godly affirmation that propels them to walk uh, the walk that they have in the Lord. Encouraging others isn't meant to be complicated either. When we encourage, we are simply, uh, you know, looking at the characteristics of Christ and then affirming those characteristics in others. Y'all could be a text, it could be a phone call, you know, or good old a card. That's ancient, right? <laughs> Write a card, you know, uh, um, uh, give a, uh, or good old face-to-face. Y'all, in, in, in talking, yeah, Everlast, our hope when it comes to the series Table Talk um, is that you would not only get your questions answered, but also that the Holy Spirit would shed light on, on the unasked questions, right? That are just as important, like that we would give like Jesus, rest in Jesus, and encourage like Jesus. Like I said, a lot of this is conversational, you know, but it's crazy. Um, it's the simple things that I find myself, I don't know if y'all can testify, 
But a lot of times it's these simple things that it's like, yeah, got it, cool. But I'm not actually, I'm not actually doing. And so let me just encourage you, man, all of these things are such a sweet thing uh, uh, to be able to grow in your understanding, well, to grow in your love for Jesus, let alone grow in your understanding of how much he loves you. And so, uh, yeah, may we give like Jesus, rest in Jesus, and encourage like Jesus. Amen? Let's pray together.